Welcome back, listeners. This is Amaya. And this is Lee. And you're on Fem Sal. Mother and child, come with me. Sisters young and old, now we see. Let's all come together. Today we're going to be talking about our launch party. We just had a launch party here in Alabama, Fairhope, Alabama, two weeks ago. Was it two weeks ago? Yeah, it's been two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Already. And and it was a success. It was an incredible success. We had about, well, 85, 90 people. Yeah. Yeah show up for the party, and it was a fantastic turnout. We'd like to talk about the podcast, but first, we wanted to take a look back at 2018 and explore starting this podcast from the beginning. Yeah, because when we, I guess we didn't realize that this was going to be such a thing when we first started this, right? Because you said that at the launch party. And now it's like we've actually put out eight episodes. Uh, we had a party. We had a huge turnout. We have a lot of people that are excited about what we're doing. We had a, a lot of support in our community. So, yeah, looking back as to how this kind of all started, in our first podcast episode, we kind of talked about why we were doing this, but we haven't really um, talked about what it's been like putting the podcast together and um, what we've kind of been going through to kind of make this happen. Yeah, it's funny because when Lee pitched her idea of starting a podcast, I had also at the time really wanted to start a podcast. I've been thinking about it myself. And so, of course, I was ready to jump on board and support Lee and the book club and this incredible group of women that I had just met when I moved here. I didn't realize what was what was in store for me and us. And I just, you know, went along with what it, what was required to record these podcasts and show up and, you know, support. Well, we were having a really good time, <laughs> you know. It was just yeah. kind of like a fun thing that we were going to do. We didn't really kind of know we were going to go with it exactly. Although, you know, I, I, I kept saying, I kept seeing this being bigger Yeah, you had the big vision. Yeah. And I was just showing up for the party. (laughs) Yeah. Until I realized it was my party as well. And and now I see, I see it after this launch party, really, with all the support we got from the community and the hunger for what we're doing, I realize, wow, this this is something. We've got something here. Yeah. And can we just talk a minute about what it was like to listen to our own voices on the podcast? Oh my gosh. I think I went through a week or two of uh, 
serious doubt about whether or not I could do this just from the simple uh, listening to my voice being recorded or being, yeah, just listening to my voice being out there in the world was really challenging. <laughs> I know we have all this criticism about how we sound. I remember, I mean, I always hated listening to my voice on, on uh, voicemail, you know, and now... Here we are <laughs> I know, with all these podcasts. <laughs> I know. I've gotten used to it, but I, I'm just saying, saying that to say that I would think I went through a legitimate couple of weeks feeling serious doubt about whether or not I could do it. And also just some of the topics that we're, we are talking about are very personal. We do get pretty personal, especially in our um, episode about reproductive rights. And so there was a fear that I, I really felt a lot of fear about putting it out there and putting myself out there like that. And just this past year, I've really kind of oscillated back and forth between feeling like, yay, this is something that I definitely need to be doing. This is great. And oh God, you know, I'm getting really personal. My voice is out there. I'm stating my opinions for the world to hear, which for me has been very challenging because I'm not someone who normally states my opinions in public. I kind of shy away from social media. I never get into conversations online about things for that very reason. So it's been interesting to now have this platform, to now have um, the ability to speak out, but also a responsibility now. I feel a lot more responsibility than I did when we first started this. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, listening, listening to your voice and also knowing that that was an imprint in time of how you were in that moment. And so much of what isn't said is actually shared and conveyed through our voice and through our tone and through our emotions. And I realized that as I listened to my voice, I thought, wow, that was me a year ago or six months ago or you know, even a month ago. And what I was going through at that time what isn't necessarily being shared fully, I hear, I feel. And, and for me, I actually had a, a difficult 2018. It was an interesting year for me. I moved to Alabama. I was in a relationship and some things happened and... I don't know if we want to go into that now. It is shared on some of the podcasts. And I spent the summer experiencing something I'd never experienced before in terms of making a decision about my future. And I, I was a little hurt. I was angry. I was bitter. I was resentful. I had some deep emotions that were moving through me. And we kept recording the podcast. And I listen sometimes to these, these podcasts, these episodes, and I can, I can hear that in my voice. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. You know, it's like, this yeah. is what I'm saying, and it's an imprint in time. There's so much more than just the words we're saying. Yeah. And I, I've never really experienced that before. So it was really profound for me to listen to that and to know. And of course, then I have, I think, well, I want the whole world to know, like our, our listeners to know. And then, of course, I think I want our listeners to know all of these things. So I want them to know me 
you know, my reasons for saying what I did or the way that I said it. And, you know, there's only so much that we can actually share and convey. And, and I just, I hope that, I guess I just want to be, I want to be seen and known and supported. And sometimes we don't get an opportunity to justify or to really get to know our listeners and have our listeners get to know us. And what's shared in that moment can be interpreted in so many ways. And that's what's scary, right? Yeah, that is what's scary, yeah. Because they don't have the context that we have, so they Mm. may or may not be able to understand where we're coming from. So if there's anger in our voice, if we're really mad about a particular situation, there's all kinds of things at play with that. And you, you did have a very rough year this past year and you moved through it and you channeled a lot of that emotion into some really positive things It made a lot of positive improvements in our community built a community really here so I hope that you give yourself credit for that as well yes absolutely and when I say it was a rough challenging year it was also an incredible year we started this podcast I helped to open what I like to call a conscious community center I brought kundalini kriya yoga to an area that never seen this kind of yoga before i started ecstatic dance which is a conscious dance practice and now it's it's happening and it's growing and it's well established here so yeah i feel like i did bring a lot and i also experienced a lot of pain and hurt but isn't that the way it works sometimes yeah and it might not be right away, but it's almost like to the depth of our pain, it's almost like we might experience an equal but opposite expansion or opening. You yeah. know, it's like it's the darkness takes us into the light in a similar way. Yeah. What about you, Lee? Why don't you tell our listeners about your year from a personal level? Let's get personal here. (laughs) (laughs) Personal level. God. Well, hmm. Hmm. On a personal level. I think that for me, I've really been growing this year. I can't say that I've had any kind of serious trauma or any um, too many negative things happen to me. Really what I think has been happening to me this year is I've been growing. I've been learning a lot about community because... I don't know, I'd say before I started the Feminist Book Club, uh, which was actually two years ago, right? Before I started that, I really struggled with having a community, especially a community of women. I didn't have a lot of female friends. You know, I'm kind of the person that gets into a relationship and sticks with my partner, and I don't do a lot of things outside of that relationship. And in fact, actually, my partner and I have done a lot of things together over the last seven years that we've been together and I've been very much immersed into his world because he's an artist and I've been doing a lot of things with him creatively. So for this last year, this podcast has kind of been my thing. And really, I think that's what I've been doing this year is learning how to do my thing separate from my partner. And I don't, I don't mean that in any kind of a negative way, but I do think that It's been challenging for me to navigate that because I've been having to create boundaries for myself. I've been having to speak up for myself and say, wait a minute, this is what I'm doing and this matters and it's important. And and that's been a valuable lesson for me because I didn't have, I, I was not able to do that two years ago. And then having the support of women 
has been huge for me because for the first time I've felt really supported. And again, I'm kind of the person that will suffer in, in silence because I, I have a hard time telling people what's going on with me really, unless I have a really close friend and I've only ever really had like one close friend at a time. So being able to be open to expressing what's happening and getting feedback and getting support for other women has been also really big for me. So yeah, I think growth has been my year. Growth and sisterhood. Yeah. This is something that many women struggle with. What is true sisterhood? For me, it it wasn't something I knew until my 30s. I and we talk about this in on the podcast pretty often, but you know, I I had more male friends than female friends and until in, you know, early in my 30s. And then I started getting involved in women's groups, new moon groups, and this was something that my community in the Bay Area were committed to. But it took me a while to get involved with that and get on board and face my fears about having female friends and what that means. And it's a process. And I worked for years and years and years to slowly then develop more female friendships than male. And now I would say I probably have one or two male friends and all the rest are women. It's been a huge shift for me and so important, like absolutely fundamental for my growth as a woman to surround myself by women who are willing to see me, hear me, who value me. I've, I didn't have that before. It was competition, right? It wasn't yeah, collaboration. Competition, yes. Jealousy. Their jealousy. Yeah, fear and, you know, we as women aren't taught to really come together and support each other in the ways that we need. Yeah. And so we have to learn. Yeah. I think I was spending a lot of my early years um, trying to be more like a man, trying to live my life in a more masculine way because I identified, I had a brother, I didn't have a sister growing up, and I identified with him and what he was doing. So I wanted to do that. And so I've surrounded myself. I've pursued things that were way more masculine. And, I, and I'm starting to, this last year, really see the value in understanding the feminine and appreciating the feminine. Because I would have, maybe two years ago, not even really used the word feminine for myself. I, don't even, I never really even considered myself a very feminine woman. Um, I identified with more masculine traits. Although maybe some people, if they look at me, don't see that. But I, I never saw myself as truly feminine. I had a hard time wearing skirts and like whatever, you know, outwardly appearance that feminine, femininity takes. I didn't identify with that. So that's been interesting for me too. Like really bringing more feminine qualities, recognizing more feminine qualities in myself. And through that, recognizing that some of that need to be more masculine has actually been the source of, you know, psychological problems for me. Yeah, absolutely. And what is the feminine? Because neither Lee or myself look this, you know, stereotypical 
female, feminine, southern belle. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But what is feminine? It's not just an outward external appearance, right? This is, it's so much deeper. Right. It's doing things differently. It's, um, I mean, for one, just understanding cycles in living life according to cycles is a very different, um, well, it has changed the way that I view my emotional ups and downs. Before, I would beat myself up about not being able to control my hormones or um, not being able to control, essentially, my emotions. Now, after I've been learning more about cycles and being around other women, I have been letting my cycles and my emotions flow and honoring them. And that's made a huge difference in my world. Huge. Yeah. Flow, cycles. These aren't just words. These are experiences. And a lot of us try and control those experiences instead of allowing ourselves to drop in and be carried through the experience. What I'm this is really interesting, too, because recently, just in the past week, actually, I've had several conversations with women who have decided to use a certain type of birth control so that they have no moon cycle at all. It's something called Mirena, and it's an IUD with hormones. Mm. And it stops your moon cycle for five years. Wow. Wow is right. Um, I didn't realize this was still happening, actually, because in my communities in California, it's very taboo, actually, to stop your moon cycle. We wouldn't do that because not only physiologically, but there's this energetic of being a woman and understanding cycles and flow. And if you're controlling that or cutting that off, denying that, you're almost denying your femininity. Denying the, the cycles in the earth, the femininity of the earth, because the earth moves in cycles as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I probably would have been on board with that five years ago because I didn't want to have to worry about getting pregnant. This interesting conversation, actually. The concern for pregnancy is so great for women. The responsibility that we bear is so heavy that we would consider eliminating our moon cycle because we don't see the connection between our moon cycle and our creativity and our essentially our sense of ourselves in the world. Yes. Now I know also some women might be doing it because they they experience severe pain or maybe they experience severe emotional turmoil, but then again, I experienced severe emotional turmoil during my during my um, period. But now I'm reframing my understanding of what that is, letting it happen and listening and honoring to whatever those emotions come up during that time period. Because really, it's like your body is screaming at you to make changes and you're not listening. And if you cut that off for five years, how are you going to listen to your body? Your body, you've essentially cut off the messenger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Our wombs actually have a wisdom. And it's this wisdom that we've been so disconnected from. Getting back in touch with that wisdom. We need our cycles. 
We need to understand that part of us. And I'm just beginning to learn this stuff myself. And I'm, I've been surrounded by women doing this work for quite a while now, but it takes time to start to shift and become aware of those things. So for me, doing this podcast and starting to talk about these things and bring women on here, teaching us, really guiding us in that direction has been so informative for me. Lee and I are doing this work right now. Like This is why we're doing this podcast, and we're both trying to learn these things for ourselves. Yeah, and going back to like listening to yourself six months ago, I mean, we learn so much as we go along that sometimes it's hard to listen to where we were six months ago because we've grown so much since then. And I think that's going to continue to happen, which is exciting, but also a little scary. So who knows as we move along where we're going to go. But I definitely think that doing this podcast has been a very positive thing for us both because we're also helping each other too, you know? And so coming back to the, to the launch party and how exciting that was, you know, we had somewhere between 85 to 90 men and women show up. It was the night of the women's March and Fairhope wasn't doing anything for the women's March. And, uh, well, it was the, well, it was the anniversary of the women's March, I should say. And again, Fairhope was not doing anything to support the Women's March. And so we had all of these people here, and they were very, all, everyone was so excited to be there. There was just an energy in the room that you could feel. Everyone was just uh, supportive and loving and wanted to share their experiences. I mean, we talked a lot about, we kind of talked at our, our audience for a little while, but we were really trying to explain to them some of the ways in which we approach feminism. And because we had such a diverse age range, we had some young women, and then we had, of course, middle-aged women, and then some older women. So we were trying to appeal to a broader listener or audience. So we kind of did a couple of things. We talked about the goddess. We gave them some historical information about the denigration of the goddess. And um, basically the ways in which women have been oppressed over the years. And then we kind of gave the microphone to a lot of the older women in the audience to share their experiences about what it was like for them when they were starting this work, what, 30 years ago? Where are we at now? 50 years ago. And that was really powerful because you could see that they were so excited to see this revitalization of a movement that they started 50 years ago. It was incredible to have that age range in the group. Really felt like an opportunity to honor our mothers who had started this and who had seen parts of this movement that many of us have forgotten about. And that's why we wanted to give this talk in the way that we did to highlight history for most of the younger generations who are unaware of these things. Yeah, we wanted to recognize, and I just want, I guess some of the things that I wanted to say, I think I said it, but I really had wanted to say it more clearly or maybe reemphasize the point that we did have such a, a wide range of age groups 
And some of the older women may have felt like we were giving them information that they already knew. And I just wanted to, and I think I did say this, but I wanted to just clarify that we recognize that a lot of women already have this information. A lot of women started, you know, writing this information that we're now reading. And they really set the foundation for us. And so we aren't trying to necessarily teach those women anything that they don't already know. What we're trying to do is make sure that the younger generation that's coming up has the same information and this knowledge so that we don't have a gap. I feel like we had a gap for about 20 years and um, maybe even longer than that. And so the younger generation doesn't have the same historical background that, that we, that the older generation has. So we need to make sure that we keep that gap. We don't, we don't create a gap that we keep that information continuously flowing. Absolutely. Thank you for clarifying that, Lee. Yeah, I had wanted to say that a little bit more during the launch party, and I got, we were just trying to cover so much, I didn't, I don't think I spoke to that as much as I had wanted to speak to it. Well, we did speak for almost an hour. Yeah, so <laughs> It was long. It was long. <laughs> it was long, and it was also engaging. Yeah, it was engaging, and we, we definitely, I think when it was, when we were at our best was when we had engagement from the audience because that's when when we could really see how excited everyone was to share their experiences to share their ideas to be a part of this with us because what we don't want to do is speak at people we want people to be engaged in our conversation I mean this is true for the podcast we actually really want people to talk to us uh, share their responses with us either you know through Facebook or email because we really want to hear what people are thinking and get more feedback and get more ideas about what topics we should cover in the future, you know, so. Absolutely, we want this to be a community engaged discussion, like not just a one way communication. Right, I mean, we have, we are two white women of a certain age. Our experiences are going to be limited. So we need to have voices from other women, other ages, other races. We need to represent fully. And that's what we want to do is represent fully the South. So, yeah. And our opinions are just that they can't be separate from our subjective experience. So we're only bringing one perspective to this, this topic, to this discussion. We need more. We need more, and that's what we're asking for. And we got it at the launch party, which was yeah. really exciting to have feedback and have audience engagement. And not only do I want to see, well, not only do I hope that we get more people talking to us and telling us what they think and, and sharing their ideas, but I really like the idea of these older women who have been doing this work for a really long time taking some of the younger women under their wing, you know, because we need more mentors. We need the mentorship that these women can provide for us. And I hope that that starts to happen more. We did have two of our mamas, our elders, come to our book club last week. And that's so powerful. It really is. This mentorship that we don't, we don't get as much in this culture we don't necessarily understand what it's like to have elders 
to have support, to have things like, you know, rites of passage and moving into these different phases of life, having elders that we respect for their wisdom and their knowledge and their support. We don't really get that in this culture. And we need it. We really, really need it. So Leah and I are hoping that we can encourage more of that to happen. Yeah. Calling all of our spiritual mamas out there. <laughs> yes. So going back to the launch party and another mission we had, we really wanted to put the feminist movement in a different light. And a framework that allowed us to take a step back and see the history of feminism in a, in a certain way, where both men and women were a product of a system or a structure, and both suffered. Because I think sometimes the feminist movement is seen as angry, bitter, resentful women blaming men. And why do we need a movement that has such you know, aggressive, blaming kind of tendencies? Divisive tendencies. Divisive, thank you. We really wanted to stress that this movement and the need for this movement came out of a certain paradigm where both men and women were affected. Patriarchy was a system of control, competition, coercion, manipulation, people and the environment, resources. And really, everyone suffered. So we, in our presentation, hope to convey that by taking a more systems approach or a step back to look at the history and the structure as a whole, that we could see that everyone really was victimized by a system of control like patriarchy. Right. And we're trying to, yeah. So we're trying to really frame a discussion about feminism in a more historic, broad historical context, which is what we're doing in our book club. You know, we're trying to read more history. We're trying to uncover more lost women um, that history is either forgotten or never recorded really in the first place because our history is so fragmented. But as soon as we start talking and framing feminism in a more historical context, an understanding of systems of oppression, patriarchy being the overarching one, then you really can start to see how a lot of the conversations we're having now could be better framed and understood in a historical context. I mean, even when we talk about reproductive rights, you know, these conversations can get really, can go really bad really quickly. I've seen it on social media. It's actually very frightening to see what comes out of people during these conversations. But what I do see from a lot of women is a lack of understanding of the history of reproductive rights and women's oppression. And if you, if you can see and make these connections, then you really start to see how reproductive rights is an oppressive, like if you're, if you're arguing against reproductive rights for women, essentially you're arguing for women's oppression. 
Some women don't make this connection. And I think it's important to keep coming back to the history, giving these conversations broader context. A lot of women don't understand, you know, what we didn't have for so long, or maybe they have an idea, but they don't really fully grasp it. But like, even if you look at like marriage rights, only very recently have women had legal rights and marriage rights and the right to own land and the right to get a divorce. Whereas before men could beat their, it was legal for a man to beat his wife. It was legal for a man to divorce his wife. She couldn't divorce him. Um, Essentially he could beat her, molest her, rape her, and there wasn't anything legally she could do about it. I mean, that's very recent in our history where we've been able to have that. And then, of course, talking about women's exclusion from the building blocks of society for hundreds and hundreds of years. I mean, if you don't look at that, and, and under, if a person can't understand the effects of that, then I think then they're not really fully understanding what we're still dealing with, the subtleties that we're still dealing with. Because a lot of people come up to me with no understanding of any of this and say, women and men are equal. I don't see any real inequalities in the workplace here. But we keep having to come back to this explanation of, well, we're not just talking about equality in the workplace. We're not just talking about equality. We're dealing with so many layers of subtleties. And in order to really start to break those open, you have to look back at history because you don't know, because if you don't look back at history, you don't know how we got to the point where we are now and why we're so affected by it still. Still, and this is also just one one story of a certain group of women in history that we tend to look at but we have you know oppression happening and violence towards women happening all over the world still now today and for us to think that we're somehow separate from that because we're on a different continent or there's a a border that separates countries we're not separate from that. We can't actually separate ourselves from what's happening in the rest of the world. It doesn't work that way. And the more conscious we become, the more we realize we're all connected, the more we realize we're affected by what's going on on the other side of the planet. And again, this is a, this is a systems approach where we look back almost as if you're looking at the Earth from a spaceship from a satellite, not a spaceship, <laughs> spaceship that we take up into the planet. <laughs> from, from a freaking, it's almost like, as if feminist Star Wars. <laughs> feminist Star Wars. <laughs> so, uh, taking, a, taking a look back at the planet from satellite perspective, we recognize, oh, we're actually all connected. That these, that these, you know, man-made borders and separations are nothing, really. The whole planet is connected. Right. And so, again, if someone says, well, why the feminist movement? Don't we have rights already? Well, maybe we have rights in this area that you and I are standing in. But if you look over to any country that's still struggling, and we don't even know. I mean, this is the thing. We're still, we can't even... I don't even fully understand what's happening in my next state, much less what's happening in another country that I haven't been to. 
So we still need to do the work here. The work that we're doing here is informing and helping other women in places that aren't so far along, that are still really far back, because we are all connected. What happens here happens there, and we start to build solidarity. We start, we start to build support systems for other women all over the world, and we connect. And so... We have to realize that we're connected. We can't just look at our own personal experience in the area that we're standing in now and say, everything around us looks great. What else do we have to do? Yeah. We have a personal responsibility for not only ourselves, but others in this world. Right. All right. See you later. So, okay, Amaya, what about our future? Where is Fem South heading? What are you excited about that we're going to start looking into in this next year? What seems to be coming up a lot in my life and in the collective, in the field, is this big word, trauma. Trauma, trauma, trauma. What does this mean? We're talking about collective trauma, we're talking about personal trauma, we're talking about healing from trauma. And so I thought it would be great for Lee and I to take a deeper look at what is trauma and bring women onto the podcast to talk about their experience with trauma and healing from trauma. So we're going to do a series on trauma And we actually started already, we had an incredible podcast with a a psychologist. That's going to be coming out, it hasn't come out yet. Yes, a psychotherapist, um, where we really got into a great conversation about how to identify trauma, how to talk about trauma, what is trauma, what is not trauma. So that's something that hopefully you'll be excited to listen to. We're excited to put out there. There just seems to be a lot of shifting happening as women that I know personally and women in the collective that we're seeing in the media who are addressing these things that they consider to be traumatic and moving through them. And it's such an empowering process to witness as women and men start to acknowledge these pains and these these really difficult experiences that they had usually as a child but not always not always yeah it can be in adulthood of course but these things that we bury so deep inside us that now are starting to come to the surface and we're getting an opportunity to speak about them and heal and the freedom that i'm seeing in the lives of my friends here that are doing this work and in the collective, it's so incredible. So we're going to go deeper into that experience. Yeah, and I'm excited to do that as well. Amaya, also I'm really excited about some of the blogs that you've put out. One of those was Anger for Change. And another thing that we've been talking a lot about is anger and how to be okay with anger, and then also how to use anger for good in the world. So can you speak about where you see us going with that, maybe? Yeah. Emotional intelligence is, for me, really important to talk about. Most of us aren't taught how to 
understand, attend, befriend our emotions. And so we categorize them as good or bad. And what we see as bad, of course, is anger, grief, pain, good, joy, excitement. And so, of course, we favor these positive emotions over what some call darker or negative emotions. Anger is one of them. And especially for women, we haven't been allowed to express anger. And why would we? Anger can be a very disrupting emotion. And for groups of people in society that are often oppressed and marginalized, anger is a very risky emotion for the people who are in power. If those that are oppressed and marginalized start to express anger and come together expressing this very powerful emotion, things are going to shift, things are going to change. And so we've been oppressed and this emotion has been suppressed for a long time. And so what is it like to start to come to terms with our darker emotions and see them as valid and valuable? Because those emotions are just there to indicate something needs to change. Something's not okay. Look at me. Look at this emotion. I'm trying to tell you something. And we suppress it because we think it's wrong. We think it's bad. We think it's inappropriate for a woman, especially, to be angry. I know in my last relationship, well, many, but my last relationship in particular, I was labeled as angry. And I, I found that really interesting, and you can read my article, but I found that really interesting because I wasn't really necessarily angry. I was just passionate. And like, there were things that needed to be looked at that weren't right. It's not fair that women don't get paid the same as men. It's not fair that we don't have the same opportunities. It's not fair that sometimes I feel objectified and sexualized and I can't stand fully in my power as an equal human being. Of course, these emotions are going to come up. Irritation, frustration, anger. But they don't need to be vilified. They can be acknowledged and we can sit with them, and then we can use them as fuel to create change. Yeah, and I thought that was a nice point that you made, to use it as fuel to make change. A lot of writers are saying this right now. I think that this is a great new awareness in the collective consciousness, and I'm excited to get on board with this conversation and talk more about it. Well, I think I like how you said that this is happening in the collective, and that's exactly what's going on as as we start to expand in consciousness as as a collective these new awarenesses are are arising for a lot of people what is emotional intelligence how do we come to terms with the full range of human experience not just the happy emotions but also the dark difficult emotions this is the this is happening in in the field this is a conversation that we're having as well as social intelligence what is it like to uh, to communicate consciously to actually listen to the person that you're communicating with, reflect back, speak to feelings that are coming up. Right. 
So Lee and I are going to be exploring some of these things in our podcast and what's happening in the field and how do we how do we continue to say some of these controversial and difficult things that we bring up on our podcast in a way that is effective for listening and communicating and change. Yes. And for me, it's still grounded in love and acceptance because that's still the base of where I want to always come or that's where that's my base, I guess. For me, I have to feel comfortable in that having these difficult conversations, maybe addressing some controversial issues, I still want to always approach them with understanding and love and empathy and towards one another or towards whoever, right? And so it's interesting because Amaya and I have been practicing this in our own lives and that process, I mean, especially for me, a lot of this is not new for Amaya, but a lot of this language is new for me. And so I've been, um, yeah, just like realistically in my everyday life, making the, applying this. And so I'm, I'm excited to share more of that in our future podcasts. Yeah, love, acceptance, always, always, always. And love and acceptance is accepting what is in that moment, even if it's anger, pain, grief. Yeah. That's love. True love is being able to hold whatever emotion is present in that moment. And this is really difficult for a lot of people. Yeah, and it's really difficult for parents to do with their children and to teach their children. And that's one of the things that I'm working on in my own personal life is also helping my children with anger and and reevaluating the way that I approach anger with them. And um, yeah, I don't want to talk too much about it, though, because we're going to have an episode about it. That's yeah. why I'm trying to like we're bring us have back an to episode a, ra- a wrap up, up on that one. Yeah, yeah. So, Lee, I'm curious, what are you excited about for this next year for FemSouth? Well, I think I'm really excited about getting into some really difficult topics for women in the South. One of those is spirituality. I am really interested in connecting women's bodies, women's sexuality, women's intuition, women's sense of themselves back with spirituality. Now I know for people that might not seem like that's a struggle, but here in the South, I think that's a struggle for many women. And there seems to be a disconnect with the dominant religion here and women's sense of themselves and and actually their sense their identity around feminism. So for example, I want to have a conversation with a person that we're going to invite on about uh, Christian feminism. What are Christian women thinking about feminism? What kind of conversations are they having? I also want to talk about women and spirituality and progressive ideas. Again, in this community here in the South, those don't seem to be aligned. Spiritual Christian values and progressive ideas are at odds with one another here. So I'm interested in exploring that. You know, it's interesting as you're talking I'm thinking, do we really have an understanding of what spirituality even is versus 
religion. Well, and are they one and the same? It's almost like the word trauma needs to be really explained, just like spirituality needs to be really explained and contextualized. Yeah, it's a great question because when I use the word spirituality, I'm coming at it with a non-religious connotation, something that exists outside of religion. But what, but really what I should be saying is what are women in that value religion or that identify with a religion, how do they view and live feminist ideals, especially if their religious ideology is at odds with feminist ideology. How do women reconcile those differences? And then, of course, in politics, with more progressive ideas, how do women reconcile progressive ideas with maybe a religious ideology that isn't progressive? Mm -hmm. Again, in certain regions, that might not seem like that's an issue, but in the South, I see that as an issue. So I want to talk to that more. I also want to start looking at more problems that women might be experiencing in the South. I want to look at LGBTQT issues and start speaking more to that because I know that a lot of people struggle to live openly in the South, especially in our area. So I have in mind some people to bring on the show to talk to about that. Um, so yeah, those are some of the things to come. Right. And so with that said, all of these topics we are going to explore not only on the podcast, but in our book club with relevant books. And I, I mean, for anger, for example, there's this incredible book called Rage Becomes Her that I hope we get to read and dive deeper into the emotions and emotional intelligence. So we've got an, a great lineup for 2019. Yeah, lots of topics we're going to we're going to drop into and explore. Yeah. And again, if anybody wants to share their ideas, if something's coming up for you and you really want us to speak to that, if you want to be a guest on our show, please reach out to us. Again, we want to represent everyone or as many voices here as we can. So and if you're in the area and you'd like to be a part of the book club, please let us know. At the moment, the book club is just local in the Fairhope area, but we are thinking about creating eventually an online format and opening up to all of our listeners. And you know where to find us if you want to get involved. FemSouth.com. Look for us on Facebook at FemSouth. Instagram, FemSouth. We're on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. SoundCloud. <laughs> and Amaya and I are excited to start a newsletter that we are going to put out. And so if you want to be receive our newsletter and stay up to date on our new episodes, our new blogs, um, what we're doing in the community, please subscribe on our website, vimsouth.com. Please rate us because the more you rate us, the more we get put into the algorithms and, and the more that we get out in the world. So thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Fem South. Fem South.